Welcome to the condo market analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We run these condo market analysis every Monday. What are we focusing on? Which market are we focusing on this week? We're going to be focusing on the uh, market of Miami Beach. Miami Beach, anybody who doesn't know, it's actually its own municipality. It's a barrier island city that's located across the causeway from the mainland of uh, Florida or greater downtown Miami. So about five mile causeway that separates uh, the two places like South Beach, which you probably heard about. The Fountain Blue, those are on, in the city of Miami Beach, again, which is its own municipality that's completely separate from the city of Miami, which is located on the mainland. So this week for the kind of market analysis, we're going to focus on Miami Beach. Uh, I'll talk about condos, I'll talk about luxury condos, talk about the trust condo market, as well as I'll talk about the rental market. Before I get started, let me point out a couple of things to you, the listener. Point number one, um, all the data that I'm going to refer to, um, you can actually see it in charts and you can actually read some of the reports that um, we put together. Go to condovulturesrealty.com, condovulturesrealty.com, scroll down to the um, uh, bottom half of the page there, you'll see a whole series of reports uh, about various markets located in the Tri-County, South Florida area, all primarily east of Interstate 95. It's a great way to sort of get a sense of what's really sort of going on, and it supplements or complements um, what this podcast is all about. Second point, too, that I'd like to point out uh, before we go ahead and get into the podcast is in terms of the uh, the various uh, sectors uh, within the uh, Miami Beach market is all the data has come from the Southeast Florida MLS matrix. MLS matrix, what is that? Well, it's effectively a database that's used by people who are realtors. Who are realtors? People with real estate licenses uh, that go and they join a club. They pay about $1,000 a year for that $1,000 a year. They get educational services. They get networking sessions. Uh, they get um, uh, lobbying on their on the industry behalf. But also, too, more, impos- more importantly, they get to use the multiple listing service, which is a database where if you're trying to market a product um, and, or you're trying to find product for a customer or client, you go to this database and everything is sort of shared. The key to the, the, the database, the MLS, is that a commission's paid. So if a commission is not paid, it's not going to be in the MLS. If a commission is paid, it's going to be in the MLS. So that's the easy way to sort of um, think about it. Now, before we get started, let me point out to you and remind you, if you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, please go ahead and do so wherever you get your podcast. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a rating as well as a comment. The more ratings and comments we get, the more likely we are to go ahead and spread our message and move towards accomplishing our mission, which is trying to bring straight talk to an overhyped South Florida real estate market. And then finally, if you have any comments for us, send an email to inquiry@condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Every Wednesday during the Reporters Roundtable, we go ahead and we read all the comments and we discuss them uh, during that particular uh, podcast. So all that being said, fasten that seatbelt, lean back and get ready to uh, learn all about the Miami Beach condo market and what the current trends are. This is Peter Zalewski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Back in 1995, I got my real estate license, but I didn't practice for a number of years simply because I was writing about real estate as a journalist. 2006, I broke out and I launched a company called Condo Vultures. The idea was to try to use information, uh, data, and know-how to try to get the best deals on behalf of buyers. So if you are a buyer and you're looking for a deal, you're looking to try to understand the condo market in the Tri-County, South Florida area, myself or my team are here to help you to get a hold of us. Please call us at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit our website, condovulturesrealty.com. If you're enjoying the Condo Vultures podcast and you want more information, but this information in the written word as well as charts, why not sign up for the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report? To do so, go to condovulturesrealty.com. Slightly below the main banner and logo, you will see a sign-up box. It's called the South Florida Distressed Market Intelligence Report. Sign up. Simply enter your email address, hit subscribe, and lo and behold, every week you'll be sent a newsletter giving you the latest updates on what's going on in the distressed market in South Florida. 
Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We're talking about the Miami Beach condo market in this segment. That's effectively any and all condos located in the city of Miami Beach. Anybody who doesn't know the city of Miami Beach, that barrier island that's located off the coast of uh, mainland Miami, where Greater Delta Miami is, Wynwood, all those places. Well, city of Miami Beach is basically going to start at, the, at the, the street of Zero, which is known as South Point Drive, South Point Drive. And as you go north, uh, from the southern tip, you're going to ultimately get up to about 80, I think it's 87th Street, which would be the northern boundary for the city of Miami Beach. Then it'll go from the Atlantic Ocean west to the Venetian Causeway. Um, there's some uh, islands off the Venetian Causeway that are city of Miami. The other islands are the city of Miami Beach. So that basically gives you perspective. City of Miami Beach has a population somewhere in the ballpark of 120, 110, 120,000. It tends to be uh, more fluent. Uh, affluent. Uh, you have some great architecture. You have some big names that live out in the city of Miami Beach. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about condominiums, though. We're going to talk about the condominium market. Three sub-markets to uh, Miami Beach. One is going to be South Beach. The other one's going to be Middle Beach. And the, uh, the third one will be North Beach. Easy way that we sort of divide them is based on causeways. So for us, South Beach will effectively go from the tip of, South, uh, tip of Miami Beach up to about the 41st Street Causeway. 41st Street Causeway, some people say no, it goes up to the W, or goes up to the one hotel and homes. Um, we're using Causeway, so it goes to the 41st Street Causeway. Middle Beach will be the 41st Street Causeway up to 63rd Street Causeway, 63rd Street Causeway. And then finally, uh, North Beach is gonna be from 63rd up to 87th, which is the border with uh, City of Surfside. Anybody um, sort of curious, uh, what's the landmark right there at the border of Miami Beach and Surfside to the north? Well, it's the 87 um, uh, Ocean Condo Tower designed by Reed Piano. So it'll be just north of the park. Um, and it's right by the like, tennis courts and stuff that City of Surfside has. So that's gonna be the north-south. Now, let's talk about condos in the City of Miami Beach. Right now, there's about 2,411 condos for sale. 2,411 condos are for sale. And in 2020, January through uh, December, you had about 1,533 sell, 1,533. So if I take the 1,533 that sold in 2020, again, January through December, um, I come up with an average of about 128 uh, condos trading every month. 128 is what traded every month on average in 2020 in uh, Miami Beach. If I take the 128 average, divide into what's for uh, sale, 2411, I come up with 19 months of supply, 18.9 months, 18.9 months, rounded would be 19 months. So 19 months of supply in the city of Miami Beach in terms of condos. Generally speaking, a, um, a condo market with uh, six months of supply is known as equilibrium. Anything less than six months would suggest that the seller has the advantage because there's not enough to choose for, choose from. And anything more than six months would suggest the buyer has the advantage. So City of Miami Beach is a, a buyer's market, a buyer's market. Um, you might hear some uh, other things from realtors. Just keep in mind, pay attention to the statistics and watch out for some of the smoke and mirrors, which is why we're doing these podcasts. Now, pricing. How much does a condo go for in Miami Beach? What's the average asking price? Well, right now it is 1.23 million. 1.23 million is the average asking price for a condo in Miami Beach that's on the market in uh, 2020. What was the average transaction price? Well, the condo is traded for 732,700 bucks, 732,700, just under that. So again, 1.23 is the ask, 732,700 is the transaction price. That's a difference between the asking price and the average transaction price of about 
Now, what I have found and what we found in looking at the data is typically when the difference between the asking price and the transaction price is within about 20% difference in a building or in a market, you tend to get some activity. There might be something that's going to get done. But normally, the deal will trade about 8 to 12% difference. 8 to 12% difference between the asking price and the average transaction price typically is when a deal gets done. So keep that in mind. When you see 68% spread between the average asking price and the average transaction price, that means the sellers feel as if they have gold and they're going to stand firm and they're not going to sell no matter what. Well, until like they, they come to the realization that they're probably uh, charging way too much. Now, as important as price per door or price per unit is, and that's what we just discussed, what I would tell you is more important is price per square foot. The reason price per square foot is important is condominiums are effectively commodities. Um, you can figure out the pricing of a condominium building without even actually seeing it. It's not like a house, which is more of a piece of art, where the, the, the lot can vary, the number of stories can vary, the interiors can vary. The only thing that's really going to vary uh, pretty much in a condo, and remember, all the condos are based on lines. So you got the 01 line, the 02 line, the 03 line, blah, 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 blah. It all tends to be cookie cutter type of stuff where you simply add price uh, um, um, value um, based on the price models, the higher you go up and whether you have a water view or you have a view that's not a water. So the premium view versus not. So all of it is pretty much mathematics. So I would tell you, when you get into a condo, think commodity the same way you think gasoline. So if you're driving around looking for gas, you come to an intersection with four um, gas stations, chances are, unless you have some sort of commitment or real affiliation or hatred, uh, you're going to go to the cheapest uh, price per gallon uh, uh, to fill your car. So I would tell you, look at condos the same way. And if one condo unit is... Um, it's over-improved or one is under-improved, simply adjust the pricing to come up with something that you think is fair in order to make it what you want. So price per square foot is what you want to focus on. So Miami Beach, what is the uh, average asking price per square foot in Miami Beach? You're looking at 745 bucks a foot. 745 is the ask. Now the units that traded in 2020, what did they trade for? 498 a foot, 498 a foot. That means we've got about a 50% spread. Remember they're asking 745, but they're actually achieving 498 a foot. 49.6% or 50% spread. That means that the sellers are extremely optimistic and um, maybe too optimistic. And what do I mean by too optimistic? Well, if you look at days on market, the uh, average number of days on the market for those condos that are for sale in Miami Beach, 226 days, 226 days. Uh, they've been sitting there on the market. That's, uh, you know, it's over seven months. Um, the units that traded, how long did it take? 155 days, 155 days. So you can see if a property is appropriately priced, it's going to move. And if it's not appropriately priced, it's not going to move. It's as simple as that. So um, keep that in mind. What typically happens is uh, those that are appropriately priced, they trade and they want, the other ones languish on the market until at some moment, either the buyer goes up or more likely the seller comes down and then a deal gets done. So that's the kind of market in Miami Beach. Let's take a short commercial break. And then on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about luxury condos in Miami Beach. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. And I wanted to alert you that if you have a property that you're looking to sell in the Tri-County, South Florida area, I would encourage you to reach out to Jenny Hortus, a licensed real estate broker with CVRrealty.com. She's my partner. She's been in the business for uh, north of 15 years. More importantly, she knows the market. She knows how to get a deal done. And she also realizes that it's more important to get a price that you can accept and sell the property rather than to hold firm on some price that's never going to be achieved and ultimately languish on the market. So if you're looking to do, do a deal that you want a skilled expert who can help you sell a property, reach out to Jenny Hortis at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or visit her website, cvrrealty.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zaluski. Now we're going to talk about luxury condos in Miami Beach. 
place I like to start is typically when I'm talking about luxury is defining luxury. What is luxury exactly? Well, nobody knows. Um, people claim whatever they have is luxurious when they're selling and then when they're buying, they say it's crap. It doesn't necessarily um, uh, live up to what it should be. It's all negotiating, it's all marketing. So what do we do to sort of cut through the fact that nobody really has a clear definition of luxury? We say it's a million dollars or more. So if a property is priced at a million bucks or more, it's got seven figures, it's luxurious. And if it's priced at $999,999, it's not luxurious. That's a simple line in the sand that we're drawing. And so for this segment, I'm gonna be talking about those condos priced at a million dollars or more, i.e. or they are luxurious. So what's going on in the luxury condo market in Miami Beach? There's about 550 condos for sale with an asking price of at least a million bucks, so about 550. Um, how many traded in 2020? 229, 229 units traded in all of 2020. So that's an average of 19 luxury condos trading a month. So if I take the 19 luxury condos that trade each and every month, I divide it into what's for sale, remember 550, I come up with 28.8 months of supply, roughly 29 months of supply. Now keep in mind, um, supply and demand, it's very easy to track in terms of is there too much or is there not enough? Generally speaking, condos six months is equilibrium. Less than six months means the seller has the advantage because there's not enough to choose from. More than six months typically means the buyer has the advantage. Now, some people who are uh, luxury brokers, that's what they call themselves, luxury brokers, they're gonna tell you you can't sell a luxury condo um, in six months. They, it actually takes 12 months or eight, as much as 18 months. That's what they'll typically say. Why? I'm not sure. Maybe because uh, they're charging a price that isn't necessarily uh, one that the market will bear out, some would say. So um, let's give the benefit of the doubt to these brokers, who luxury brokers who say it takes 18 months to sell a luxury condo. doesn't matter here in this situation. In Miami Beach, you got 29 months of supply, 29 months of supply. So that means it is a buyer's market. It's not the seller's market we keep hearing about. It's a buyer's market statistically. So uh, what about pricing? Average asking price for a luxury condo in Miami Beach, 4.8 roughly 4.04 million, 4.04 million. So you have Jasking price, the units that traded in 2020, what did they sell for? 2.9 million, 2.9 million. We got about a 39% spread, 39% spread. Typically 20% difference, it gets interesting in terms of you might have some activity. Normally eight to 12% difference is typically when you get a deal done in a building or in a market. So um, luxury condos Miami Beach, 39% spread. So. It is a buyer's market and the sellers are asking a little bit too much. Not crazy too much, but still too much. Now, that's price per door. Let's talk price per square foot, which I think is much more important than price per door. What's going on on the uh, price per square foot basis? 1571, 1571 is the average asking price, 1571 for luxury condo Miami Beach. Units that traded in 2020, however, they sold for 1,115 bucks, 1115 a foot. That's about a 41% spread, 41% spread between the asking price and the average transaction price. And again, 20% gets interesting, um, possible activity, eight to 12% deal typically gets done. Now finally, days on market, those condos that have been in the market uh, in luxury, they've been there 245 days, eight months, 245 days, units that traded, took them 206 days, 206 days. So if a place is priced appropriately, it's gonna sell. And if it's not, it's gonna languish on the market until again, there's some sort of adjustment in price um, by the seller or by the buyer who suddenly decides they're gonna pay more. So that is a luxury condo market in Miami Beach, which is clearly a buyer's market with 29 months of supply. We're gonna take a short commercial break. The other side break, we're gonna get into the distressed market of Miami Beach. This is Peter Zaluski of the Condo Vultures podcast. Before I started doing these podcasts, I basically was in the business of being a licensed real estate broker, a contributing um, columnist for the Miami Herald, as well as the Miami 
a real deal, but also expert witness work in consulting. So if you are looking for an expert witness or if you're looking for consulting services, a straight talk perspective as to what's going on in a particular marketplace, a building or what happened previously for whatever your situation is, whether you are a, an attorney, whether you are an institutional fund looking to invest, or whether you're a lender who's trying to come up with some sort of a strategy and approach uh, for your lending committee going forward, I just might be able to help you to get a hold of me. Please uh, reach out to Peter at condovultures.com. That's Peter at condovultures.com. Or give me a call to the office at 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We talked about condos, and we talked about luxury condos in Miami Beach. Now we're going to talk about the stress condos in Miami Beach. So uh, best place to start with the stress condos is what exactly is the stress? Well, in the market, when you're looking at properties that are listed for sale, remember, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, if a property is in the multiple listing service, a commission is being offered. And that uh, multiple listing service, it's a database that realtors use to go ahead and sell properties, try to identify properties that are for sale as well as uh, market properties that are for sale. So when you were playing in the multiple listing service, there's effectively two ways to track uh, distress. One is called a short sale. The other one is called a REO or real estate owned or a foreclosure. So short sale and an REO or real estate owned. Now, what exactly does each mean? Well, a short sale is a situation where the seller is going to come up short of repaying the lender, short of repaying the lender. And therefore, they're going to need to try to get the lender to accept less than what's uh, owed on the loan and yet still bring in a buyer who's willing to pay something. So that's a little bit of a uh, tight uh, rope walk for a seller what they typically do is they go ahead they find a uh, buyer um, the seller agrees to the price with the buyer they then approach the bank and they say listen we're going to come up short of what's owed uh, would you be willing to uh, do a deal and avoid foreclosure so why would a bank do that well a bank does that sometimes because it will save them in litigation fees uh, it'll save them uh, at least nine to twelve months in the litigation process it'll also save them any potential damage uh, that needs to be repaired uh, before the property can ultimately be sold so that is a short sale. Now, the flip side is if a property cannot sell as a short sale or if a seller simply uh, doesn't want to pay the mortgage and that foreclosure occurs nine to 12 months later or so, uh, what you have is uh, you have the bank taking title. When the bank takes title to the property uh, because the mortgage wasn't paid, what you end up with is a real estate owned property. This is a category that the banks use in order to track properties that they've taken title to where loans have gone bad. It's also referred to as bank owned, bank owned. So Again, REO is a foreclosure where the bank has taken title. A short sale is the uh, is like a proactive or preemptive attempt by the seller and the bank to find a buyer so that the loan doesn't go bad. So all that being said, let's go ahead and let's talk about the overall market. Um, we'll give you a general perspective of the overall market, then I'm really going to drill down on the each category. Again, short sales as well as um, real estate owned. So there's about 17 distressed condos, both short sales and real estate owned, that are for sale in Miami Beach. About 17 in 2020. There were about uh, four distressed condos that traded every month, four condos traded every month. And if you take uh, the 17 that are available with the, divided by the four condos that trade every month, you're going to end up with somewhere in the vicinity of, um, you know, four months to five months of supply, four to five months of supply of distressed condos in the city of Miami Beach. Six months is equilibrium. So you can see it's a seller's market, which should not be a surprise to you. The reason why not, because if a bank takes title of the property, they can release the condos as they see fit. If they put less on the market, Therefore, they can attempt to get higher prices. So pretty straightforward. Makes a lot of sense. 
Now let's talk about um, short sales and then we're gonna talk about real estate owned or REO. So on the short sales side, again, a lender is gonna, a borrower is gonna come up short of repaying the lender what's owed and they're trying to bring in a buyer, uh, try to avoid a foreclosure. So currently six condos are listed as short sales in Miami Beach, six in 2020, you had only five trade, five trade. So if I do the rough math, I say five short sales traded in 2020, that's an average of 0.4 short sales trading every month. Take the 0.4 divided in six for sale. I come up with 14 months of supply, 14 months of supply. Now, while the number seems, uh, percentage-wise seems big, it's not really that big because six short sales doesn't really even make a market. It's just, you know, it's more of an anomaly. But what is interesting is the prices that are being achieved. Now, on those short sales, the average asking price for a short sale in Miami Beach, 357317 bucks. 357317 That's the ask. Units that traded in 2020, what they trade for? 247,800 bucks, 247,800. That's about a 44% difference between the average asking price and the average transaction price. Like I like to say, 20% difference gets interesting between the asking price and the average transaction price. Eight to 12% difference is typically when a deal gets done. So you can see uh, some of these short sellers, even though they wanna get out, they're still asking a premium compared to what places trade for. Now on a price per square foot basis, which again, I think is much more important because um, I view condos as commodities and I'd encourage you to do so as well, unlike single family houses, which are more like works of art. Now the average asking price for a short sale in Miami Beach, 335 bucks a foot, 335 a foot. Units that traded in 2020, what they trade for? Traded for $319 a foot, $319 a foot. What does that mean? That's about a 5% spread. So you can see these short sales, while they might vary on a price per door basis, on a price per foot basis, it's right where it needs to be in order to get a deal done. So very interesting. Now, finally, days on market. Uh, the short sales that are on the market, they've been on the market at an average of uh, 140 days. 140 days, the units that traded the short sales, how long did it take? 141 days, 141 days. So um, that offers some uh, suggestion that maybe the short sale market is slowing down. Maybe some of it has to do with pricing, um, but I'm not really sure. But that is the short sale market in Miami Beach. Now let's talk about bank owned. These are the condos um, where the borrower has stopped paying uh, the mortgage. The bank has filed the paperwork. Um, they've taken title back of the property. Uh, typically takes nine to 11 months, uh, excuse me, nine to 12 months, and it'll uh, require some litigation costs and possibly uh, repairs to re make the place marketable again if it had been damaged by the, um, by the uh, owner on the way out. So what do we got for sale in terms of REOs or real estate owned? 11 condos in Miami Beach for sale as REOs, 11. In 2020, how many traded as REOs? 40, 40, 40 transactions of bank-owned condos in Miami Beach. That's an average of 3.3 uh, bank-owned condos trading every month in Miami Beach. If I take the 3.3, I divide it into what's currently available, which is 11 units. I come up with 3.3 months of supply, 3.3 months of supply. So what does that mean? That means uh, based on six months being equilibrium, 3.3 months of supply is a seller's market. Now this should not surprise you that it's a seller's market. Why? Because the bank actually owns these properties and they can release them as they see fit. And as they see fit, is um, uh, trying to juice prices or get a higher price than maybe they would be able to get otherwise. Now, what do we got going on in terms of prices? Average asking price for a uh, bank-owned condo in Miami Beach, 381350 bucks per unit, 381350 Units that traded, traded for $281,700, $281,700. So that's a difference of 35%. And as I mentioned to you, typically when there's about a 20% difference, it gets interesting. Um, Eight to 12% get, deal gets done. So you can see the banks are asking more uh, than they probably should if they really want to move the deals, uh, the units right away. Now, what is it going for price per square foot? Average asking price for a bank-owned condo Miami Beach, 452 a foot, 452 a foot. Units that traded in 2020, however, they traded for 306 a foot. So we're looking at a 48% spread. 
Um, this is what I was telling you about the banks controlling the supply. So therefore, they're going to try to put less on the market and try to get a higher price as a result, i.e. juicing it. And then finally, um, days on market. Uh, the bank-owned condos that have been on the market, they've been there 60 days, 60 days. The units that traded, they traded in 77 days. So if I'm looking at this and I'm an investor, I'm saying, well, the next 17 days, there's probably going to be a change in pricing. And once that change in pricing occurs, then boom, I pull the trigger and I go ahead and I, and I do the deal. So that's how you can kind of use these statistics to get an idea of what's sort of coming down the pike and anticipate. So that is the trust condo market in Miami Beach. Uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. On the other side of the break, we're going to get into the rental market of Miami Beach. If you're listening to this podcast, think about who else it is. Do you want to reach that crowd, which tends to be investors, buyers, developers, lenders? Why not advertise on the Condo Vultures podcast? To do so, give us a call at the office, 305-865-5859, 305-865-5859, or send an email to inquiry at condovultures.com. I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Welcome back to the Condo Market Analysis. I'm your host, Peter Zalewski. We talked about condos in Miami Beach and luxury condos and distressed condos. Now let's talk about rental condos. I'm sure some of you might say that uh, I don't really care about renting my place. I'm buying it. It's a second home. It's this, is that. Well, you never know. Situations change and you should at least have an idea of what the uh, rental market is in case you actually do want to put it out um, on the market. Now, before I get into the rental data, let me point out a couple of things to you. First and foremost, uh, rental data is extremely sketchy. Um, it's not nothing you can rely on. It's nothing that is solid. Why? Because nothing has to be recorded. This is all just uh, what people say. Nothing is recorded with the government. There aren't taxes paid associated based on what the what the, the lease amount is. It's simply um, what people claim uh, versus a sale where there's actually a recording and there's a fee based on the transaction price. Nothing like that occurs on their rental side. So um, that's important. The other part that's important is that the rental that I'm going to refer to, this is all going to be stuff coming out of the multiple listing service, the MLS, um, you know, the database that's used by realtors. Now, if you are someone who wants to use a realtor to sell, or excuse me, to rent out one of your properties, what you're going to do is you're going to call the realtor up. The realtor's probably going to say, listen, I need to offer 10% commission on the gross annual rent in order to get another realtor to come in. So what that means is $1,000 a month place, and no place is 1000 bucks a month, generally speaking, thousand dollar a month place is going to go for 12 grand a year 10 percent of that will be about 1200 dollars in commission 600 dollars can go to the broker for the landlord 600 bucks to go to the broker for the tenant so that means of the twelve thousand dollar rent 10 8 is at ten thousand eight hundred dollars is actually going to the landlord now why do i bring that up well the database is based on commissions now if you are a corporate owner and you own 300 units in a building do you really want to hire a realtor and pay them 10 percent of each one of those rents think about it that's twelve hundred dollars uh, the realtors are making, or twelve hundred dollars less you're getting each and every on each and every unit. Eh, might be make there might be some alternatives uh, that make more sense. What is that alternative? Well, the alternative is to go ahead and market it uh, on your own. Put signs in front, uh, you know, for lease, move-in special. If you were uh, if you lived here, you'd be home already, uh, and hire somebody to work in your leasing office. In this way, uh, you're able to pay that person a salary, thirty-five, forty grand, whatever and not have to pay out all these commissions. And you can see how it adds up relatively quickly. So um, I would tell you, as we're gonna talk about the rental data, keep in mind, these are only the properties that are for rent. These are not the properties um, for rent in the multiple listing service, not the properties that are corporate owned. And again, the way you know a corporate owned property, it's got signs in front uh, that are you know waving, telling you move-in specials and free rent and stuff like that. That means it's corporate owned and it also means it's not in the MLS. So. That being said, you should uh, keep in mind that the MLS rental data 
no one really knows what it represents. Could represent half, could represent a, a two thirds, could represent three quarters, could represent one third. No one really knows. Um, generally speaking, uh, uh, there will be a discrepancy and a difference between a corporate owner who's got a lot of negotiating power because they own so much units and they got deep pockets versus the individual, uh, maybe who's trying to rent one unit. So, um, you know, the incentives and stuff tend to come from the corporate side. So I wanted to point that out. And then final point, when it comes to rentals, um, most people who are renters, they want to pay a price. And most people who buy, they want certain creature comforts or amenities. And the people who are buying, they want what they want. And therefore, they'll, they'll change their location to get what they want in terms of the place. Uh, uh, the people who are renting, they want to pay a certain amount. And therefore, they will give up or they'll work with uh, the type of product it is simply so they can stay within the budget. So as a result, when I'm going to talk about rental data... Um, we're going to talk about apartments. We're going to talk about condos, efficiencies, multifamilies, and townhouse. All of this is a factor in competition if you're going ahead and you're trying to rent out a place. Or if you're a tenant, uh, something to keep in mind so you have a better chance of meeting the price you, you ultimately want to pay. And then final tidbit um, as it comes to rental data. Uh, the rental data is going to be based on median price, uh, per, median, median price monthly. Now, I mentioned that because all the other data we've talked about uh, up to this point has been average. Here we're going median. The reason we're going median is that the, the rental data is based on daily rentals, weekly rentals, monthly rentals, annual rentals, uh, furnished, unfurnished. And it's just way too complicated and way too um, short-sighted to use average numbers. So if you just use median number, it's in the middle. It's going to give you a ballpark idea to what's really going on, keeping in mind that rental data is sketchy to begin with. So, But this at least gives you some sense of what's going on. So... All that being said, let's talk rental, uh, the rental market in Miami Beach. Currently about 1,217 properties for rent, 1217. In 2020, 5,430 places rented, 5,430 uh, rented. That's an average of 453 units renting each and every month, 453. Um, if I take the 453 they rent per month, I divide on what's available for rent right now, 1217. I come up with 2.7 months of supply, 2.7 months of supply. That means it is a landlord's market. Remember, six months is equilibrium. Anything less than six months, landlord's got the advantage because there's nothing to choose from. Anything more than six months, the tenant has the advantage because there's way too much to choose from. Now, what's going on pricing-wise? Well, the pricing is uh, the median price. Remember, I said median, not average, because there's so many different uh, opportunities for rentals out there. The median price uh, per month for a unit is $2,500, $2,500. Now, the places that actually rented in 2020, what they rent for? $1,700, $1,700 a month. That's a difference of 47%. So you can see the landlords are asking a lot in rent because there doesn't seem to be a lot of supply. Remember, 2.7 months of supply. But it actually the places actually rent at $1,700. So that 47% reflects very optimistic landlords. The question is, will the places actually rent for the, uh, what they want? Who will give in first? Well, is it going to be the landlord? He's going to have to cut the price because 1700 is what the uh, median transaction price is versus 2500 is the ask. So, Or is it going to be the tenant who says, I really want to be in Miami Beach and I'm going to pay more to get in there. So that's something to watch. Now, how does it break out on a price per square foot basis? Well, the median price per foot for a place in Miami Beach, 325 a foot, 325 a foot. Places that actually rented though in 2020, they rented for 249 a foot, 249 a foot. That's about a 31% spread. Also, too, that's less than um, Miami, uh, Greater Downtown Miami. So it's cheaper to rent in Miami Beach than it is in Greater Downtown Miami. Something to consider. And then finally, days on market. The places that have been on the market, they've been there 72 days in Miami Beach for rent. Places that did rent, they rented in 51 days, 51 days. So that is the Miami Beach rental market. I hope it gives you good insight as to what's going on. Uh, you can see it is a landlord's market per se. 
although the red prices suggest that uh, maybe they're not as firm as, as they could be. Now, I will tell you, if you are not yet a subscriber to um, the podcast, please go ahead and do so. Or if you're listening to the podcast, if you like what we're doing, please leave us a comment and a rating. The more comments and ratings we get, the more likely we are to spread our message and accomplish our mission, which is bringing straight talk to an overhyped condo market in South Florida. And then finally, if you have any comments for us, send an email to inquire at condovultures.com, I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at condovultures.com. Um, and any comments we get, uh, we, we discuss on our reporters' roundtable every Wednesday um, and that being said, I want to remind you, I'm Peter Zalewski. I hope you stay safe, you stay strong, you get inoculated, and sooner rather than later, we come out of this pandemic. So until next time, ciao, ciao.